Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of 21 and going on 77. I am one half of the duo. I am Dwight, that is 517, excuse me, at 517-2214. I am joined once again for another week with my co-host, the other half of the dynamic duo, the, the brains of the operation, Young SJ at SJ Basketball 8. And we back again with another pod. Um, Mavs wrapped up preseason. Young SJ, how you feeling, family? Doing good, doing good. We're undefeated, so I cannot complain. Man, undefeated. And it wasn't just like a, a we won the game, packed up. We were blowing game. them out, yeah. Yeah, like other teams looking bad. I'm, uh, Hornets fans are, are questioning what the hell is going on. We, we got teams questioning the coach that was good last year. So, yeah, we, we look good in the in the preseason. Obviously, we're going to dive into that. And I guess this is a season preview episode because we it, it, we go live on Thursday. So, yes, SJ, we'll, we'll start uh, based on the you know, last I don't, I don't think we played the Hornets last episode. Um, uh, we, so we played the Hornets and then we beat the Bucks. Yeah. How do you think we look these last two games? And then how do you feel about the preseason as a whole? Listen, I can't, there's not much for me to like nitpick, honestly. And I'm a bit surprised, you know, with um, all the skepticism surrounding you know, Jason Kidd and how he's going to coach a team and such. So um, with that being said, yeah, I can't, I can't nitpick. We, we went 4-0. and And like you said, we were blowing teams out. I think our average point differential, granted, it got very skewed by that um, Hornets game. But yeah. I think we were like, um, I don't know the number off the top of my head, but it's def- it was definitely like double digits. So we were like taking care of these teams. And in the Hornets game, particularly, I was very encouraged because granted, let me start by saying the Hornets, that was a very G League team, <laughs> they rolled out there. So they didn't have, um, Terry Rogier was hurt, they didn't have Gordon Hayward. Um, I think LaMelo only played like 11 minutes. Um, I think Miles Bridges got hurt sometime, like a couple minutes in the game. So they were like, running short on their usual you know starters however to beat a team by 68 points it was basically 70 but then um Eugene did did a dumb foul to give them free throws but it was really 70 points so to beat a team by that much regardless of who's on the court that's that's impressive that's very impressive so um it was encouraging especially for the fact that Luca didn't have a great game you know, I, I, um, he was like a brick <laughs> for the yeah, first. Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, for the first quarter, see, he wasn't in rhythm, but Porzingis was um, carrying the load offensively, which was nice to see. And more impressively, he was all over the place defensively. Like his energy was very encouraging. And the bench, I, I've said it last episode, but um, I'm really, really, really impressed with the bench. They can defend, and the way they play. It looks to me, at least, um, that it will definitely hold up in the regular season. Like, at this point, I have more questions about, like, the starting lineup than I do the bench. Just because the bench, they can defend. And I even thought that last year, preseason, 
granted our um depth kind of got um was kind of disrupted last year because of the whole covid and we had to cut the rotation short um but the bench can defend and when you get stops it's easier to get out in transition and we have better i would say better athletes on the bench as well so they're I think the style of play that they've been playing um, in the preseason where they defend, get out in transition, push the ball, all that, I think from the bench that can definitely like 100% trans- translate to the regular season. So that, that was encouraging. But yeah, I'm listen, the Hornets win, that, that, that felt good. <laughs> like as a Mavs fan, for Luca to have 10 points and we beat a team by 70, that, that, that's just amazing. And the Bucks game, was probably even more impressive because Luke and Porzingis did not play and Tim, Tim didn't play either. So it was really our B team going up against the Bucks like starters and granted Bobby Portis and Chris Middleton didn't play for the Bucks, but they had Giannis, the reigning, you know, finals MVP. They, they had um, Drew Holiday, Olympic gold medalist, <laughs> you know, so they, they had players and we were competitive with them. We were beating their starters. Um, and Giannis was playing hard, like in that third, right before he like came out the game for good. He he was trying to like <laughs> get the Bucks back in. He was playing hard. He was all over the place defensively. He was showing off his jumper. So I like the fact that the bench unit like could hang with um seemingly at least better talent at the top. I know they were starting starting um and he's good, Jordan, Jordan Noora. And he's he's pretty good, but that's he's not gonna be in the Bucks, you know, regular starting lineup. So we have to take that into context. But like I said, very very impressive wins. Um, and overall, I was encouraged by what I saw offensively and defensively from the Mavs as a whole on the preseason. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, yeah. My sentiments. Um, it, it my big takeaway just from this preseason, you know, we, we, we all watch the Mavs a lot, right? It just does. I've just never seen them try like this, like the defensive yeah. effort. I know it's preseason, but it's like, who are these people? You know, like this is by and large the, the same main rotation dudes for the last, I guess, three seasons now. And yeah. it's just like, I ain't seen this before. Right. Like the, just the hustle defense, uh, Christoph Porzingis, he is no longer tall, man. He, he I'm retiring. We, well, I'm personally calling him by his government name, the name his mother gave him, until he he does something crazy to get get tall man back. Because, buddy, in the passing lanes and 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 when he stole the ball and took it down, you remember last year yeah. playoffs? Mm-hmm. He he stole the ball, and because he couldn't move good enough to finish, he just he pulled up pulled and shot up, the three. And it's like, yeah. oh wait, he can actually—he—he's confident enough in himself to to look, go down the hole and dunk it. And it's just, dude, I, I think he can move. I don't know if it was—he was actually injured. I don't know if it was confidence in his knee. I don't know if he's in pain, but he's moving well. And dude, I just think those guys really hated Rick Carlisle. I think they were yeah. so over Rick Carlisle. Rick Carlisle can be a good tactician. But they just didn't want to listen to him. Whatever, I, I, I almost we we you know we heard rumors, we heard murmurs of, you know what was going on with Rick. But I need I need more because I still don't believe Jason Kidd is some great coach. But he got these boys out here 
I think anybody could have came in. Anyone that wasn't Rick could have come in and, and maybe coaxed them out of there. But I don't know. I, I'm just really, really happy with what I've seen. Um, I was already pretty high, pretty optimistic on the way the season would play out. You know, just once I, I try to remove my emotions from it, I was just like, dude, I, we're actually going to be good. We got Luca. Uh, tall man, I, you know, I've been saying for, I'm sorry, Christos Przingis, I've been saying for a while, This I do believe this is going to be his his best regular season of his career. And I actually got somewhat, it's an extremely small sample size, and obviously it is preseason, but I, I've seen enough to where I believe that. And um, I think we're going to be good. I'm really excited. Um, the thing that stands out is just like we get in the past, we run, you know, I feel, mm -hmm. it's, it's weird because I don't feel like we really added a bunch of athletes, but we look way more athletic. Does that make any sense? Like, yeah, I think, I think it's because I think a part of this is Rick's philosophy, like Rick Carlisle's teams, one of the key characteristic of his teams, no matter who was on the team is that they don't turn the ball over you know, as much. And a part of that is because they don't run. <laughs> like Rick prefers to like, you know, control the game in the half court, but it looks like they don't care <laughs> about that anymore. It's, it's, yeah. You know, it's the go push the ball. We don't care if you, well, not we don't care, but you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. not as um damning if you turn it over trying to put up a quick shot, but in Rick's system it was. So I, th I think that's a key part of it too. Yeah. And, and also, I think probably from a, you know, if you play basketball on any level, dudes like to get out and run, right? Yeah. Um, and these are professional athletes who have been doing this their whole life. So telling pro athletes, basketball players, you can't run, uh, just slow the ball down, pass to Luca, and, and let's set it up. I, I think that would get tiring sometimes. People will probably be over that after a while. So, yeah, I, I really like what I'm saying on preseason. Uh, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure no NBA team has ever been beaten as bad in the preseason, as bad as we beat the Hornets. I think the last time any team lost, I think, I forget who, somebody beat Real Madrid by like 70 points. But that might have broke a record. I'm not for sure, but... I think we did break a record between NBA teams. Yeah, it's just... I don't care who played. You break a record, you break a record. That says exactly. something to me. So, I'm really, like... Yeah, I really like what I saw. It's... Uh, I think we, we looking good. Uh, I think the preseason was, was telling. I will say, uh, un-Maverick-related... Hey, man, Giannis is looking scary. I know we beat them with the B team, but am no. I crazy? But Giannis's jumper, don't, don't, it looks fluid. It looks like, I think this is going in. This isn't some awkward jumper. Like, the league is mine. And y'all just, I'm just letting y'all know. It, it, yeah. it, it's making me nervous. It really is. No, I've, I've accepted it. I made a tweet um, yesterday saying that, um, that I, I don't see a challenge. Like, you know, the league changes so much yeah. and everyone thought, you know, LeBron was going to be the best for a long time. And he was, but he had Steph Curry out of nowhere. You know, no one thought he was going to try to, you know, at least challenge for the title of the best in the league. Yeah. And 
So we don't know what can happen. However, to be honest, I just cannot see someone like catching up to him and overtaking him. Like right now, if we're we're not, I'm not talking about like you know the KDs and the Steps. They're old, <laughs> you yeah, know, like right, five, right. yeah, in five years they're not gonna be at the top of the league. But um, so I'm talking realistically in players that are young enough to challenge for the title, I don't see anyone catching him and overtaking him. So Luca is great, but, and he can very well catch up to the point where it can be a conversation, but to overtake him as a consensus best player in the, I, I don't see in the next five years. Like Giannis is too, if that jumper sticks to the point where he doesn't have to be elite, like elite efficiency like KD, but if he's at a very respectable number where you kind of have to press upon him in the mid-range area, it's over. Like it's well, it's just literally, it's just literally, <laughs> literally league average from three exactly. and from the mid-range, and we're talking, we're, we're jumping into top five players in the history of basketball. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Like it's. It's not even, and I to keep it real, you know, the jumper's a little broke. It's it's always been mental because he shot like thirty four percent from three before. He shot in the seventies from the free throw line. So like in the regular season, it just always plummets in the playoffs. So if if he, I mean, I've seen you speak about it on the timeline a few times. I haven't chimed in or anything, but that's true. A player in its in its prime wins a championship, and the confidence, the swag, the everything goes up a level. And they mm-hmm. usually have really, as long as they stay healthy, they usually be busting everybody's ass the very next year. And that's scary if you add that juice on to what Giannis already had. It really yeah. is. It, it's as a fan of the game, I've always liked Giannis, um, so it's cool to see. I just. I'm a little nervous because the last time I liked the non-Maverick player as much as I like Giannis was Dwayne Wade, and we know what end up like coming yeah. coming coming from that. So it's like, yeah, I'm I'm juicing up Giannis, and we actually do play them in the finals, and they stop us from winning the championship, and I I gotta hate them. So <laughs> I, I'm yep. a little I'm a little worried about juicing my guy up, but he already got his ring. So he already got his ring. So, so, but um, going back to that Hornets game real quick, I feel like no one has talked about it. Granted, I don't know. Maybe people turned the game off at this point or didn't see the interview. I didn't even see quotes. No one talked about it. But the Porzingis interview after the game yeah. was so telling <laughs> to me. Like he was very direct. Like usually when Porzingis does these interviews, you know, he says a lot by not saying certain things or dancing around it. Yeah. You know, he has the media training, so he knows what yeah. to do. But in that interview, he was just so direct and I appreciated it because yeah. um at this point, um I I can appreciate I'm a I'm a very logical person. I've always said it, but I'm a very logical person, so I like logic, facts, facts, and all that. Hate delusion and ignorance. Yeah. But I can appreciate delusion if it, it's gonna work in my favor. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's just <laughs> that's just it's human nature. But yeah. to me, the Maverick, this Mavericks team, just the way the energy, they're a bit deluded, and I like it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. There's very, but I like it because it's it's kind of fostering this this confidence that's translating to play. So I don't mind it. 
having said that in the interview Porzingis said they asked him about Luca. I forgot what the exact question was but they asked him about Luca, and he said um I'm not gonna quote because I can't remember exactly but just to paraphrase he said that the next step in Luca's like evolution as a great player because he mentioned that Luca is obviously a great player is to get everyone involved he said that and um I found that interesting because you know there's been this we all know about the ball hog narrative and all that and I have said like there right now it seems to be two sides of it it's one he's not a ball hog and the other side is he is a ball hog I think there is a middle ground to this and it's all contextual and situational like in some situations you can say, yeah, he's being a little ball hockey in other situations. It's much more than that. For example, um, in that Houston game last season, the final Houston game um, where we lost, you could say Luca was being a ball hockey. He was trying to play hero ball when he was off and we lost the game. Yeah. In that situation, calling him a ball hockey, that's completely valid because it was true in that moment. However, during like the playoffs when that was the um, kind of strong narrative, as to, especially as to why we lost, that I can't agree with just because there were so many other um, factors as to why he had to have the ball so much. Um, so with that being said, like I said, if, if Porzingis and even not just Porzingis, if he's, if he feels like he's speaking on behalf of the rest of the team that, Hey, um, swinging the ball a little more, having us do whatever we want with it as well. If that's a part of what they think they need to take another step in their game, that's fine. <laughs> you know, right, that right. that's that's completely fine. So um I thought that was missed. I don't I didn't see anyone talking about that point. But I mean, if if players on the team are also starting to, you know, kind of repeat the same sentiments, I think um as fans, I know we wanna, you know, defend Luca as fans, I think we kind of have to understand, hey, there might be more truth to this than what we think. Or what we've been saying as well. Yeah, I, and I, I caught that. I, I caught it. And I, you know, at, at some point, no matter how, between Jason Kidd saying it, uh, I hate to say it as much as Donnie is out the door with with him saying it. At some point, the people who make millions of dollars and whose job is on the line. When they keep saying it, no matter how we feel as fans, there may be more truth to it than we are comfortable accepting, right? And my thing with Luca, the reason why, especially in the playoffs, like, dude, no one else could, the the Clippers basically plan was, we gonna let Luca cook. Uh, I don't think the mother dudes can make enough shots. So he's going to have to beat us by himself, and he damn near did it, right? exactly yeah and uh i think i don't see based on the the evidence we had how luca was supposed to play any differently i think that gave us by far the best chance to win right yes but in the regular season there is little things i forget which game it was i really really do i think it was a game i forget which team we played but it was the game i could probably tell you uh kp came out flaming hot but luca ended up with 40 and okay there we go there we go it's like hey, <laughs> yep. hey hey uh hey fam like you you gotta let him cook bro 
as a point guard, I know this was a, a looter and a riot matchup because the Pelicans stink defensively. But you got to keep him locked in. And I know you're killing it, but pass it to him and let him keep killing it. So that was something I remember I made a mental note then. I didn't put it on the timeline. I just, if you're on a team, you play basketball on any level. When your team, when your teammate is cooking, especially bigs, bro, you got to keep bigs engaged like you always do, or they, especially when they're doing well offensively. Cause they, cause then they ain't gonna do what they're supposed to do defensively. You gotta throw them a bone, and especially one as temperamental as KP. And I remember when Lucas started clicking and he kept shooting, and KP, you know, I think he still had like twenty eight or thirty, but he had, he had like, like thirty. I think he had like thirty. Yeah, but he had like six in the second half, and Lucas scored yeah. all the points in the second half, and I'm just like. Yo, dog, you shouldn't have did that. I remember thinking it, watching that live, because we blew him out, if memory serves me correctly. But yeah, yeah. It, but I just remember thinking in the moment, yeah, you should probably shouldn't have done that. And um, I, and, I mean, we've joked about it. Hell, KP got Luca has eyes in the back of his head for everybody on the team except KP. For whatever reason, he would spam Wes Wendu or Nico Melli or whoever at the top of the, at the three-point line, but wouldn't pass the KP when no one was within five feet of him. So I think whatever was there, I have no idea what, I don't know if that was Rick. I don't know if that was personal. I don't know, but it's over. And, uh, well, it's over for right now. (laughs) So I I just, I don't know because, uh, they, they just, the ball has energy. The ball moves more. It's just little stuff. Like, it's little stuff to preserve Luca's energy that I also think keeps the team engaged that I've seen in the preseason. Like, hell, have somebody else bring the ball up and set the play up, right? Yeah. It's not necessarily having Luca off the ball, but don't grab the rebound and immediately throw the ball to Luca like we're, we're in the fifth grade and you just grab the rebound and throw it to the best player, right? Like, it's just little stuff and it's like from a logical from a advanced analytics standpoint i'm sure letting luca do everything and the way we've played made sense but nba basketball players aren't robots they're human beings with emotions and you you have to you have to concede that and you have to acknowledge that i don't think rick did right you know rick didn't do it yeah he definitely did not so I think Rick was like, this shit works, and this is what we're going to do. Um, to, to kind of finish this point off, uh, Coach Jenny, Jenny Busek, did an interview that was a really, really good interview. I, I actually, I wish I knew, I, I wish I knew how smart she was. I mean, she's a, she was obviously an NBA assistant coach, but yeah. so she's a smart woman, but she did an interview last year where she like explained just coaching. And she, she basically, the point I just made, like, that's kind of where I got it from, where she explained how there's a certain spirit to the game of basketball that advanced stats can take it, can take from a player. You can break their spirit if you just lean into the advanced stats. And she didn't name Kristaps Porzingis, but I, I felt like that's what she was saying because she said she saw it. She saw the leaning on the advanced analytics too much break a player's spirit. And uh, I swear to goodness, I think she was talking about KP. This was why she was, this was like, I'm going to say, 
a month or two before the playoffs started. And mm-hmm. I, I swear to goodness, I think she was talking about KP. But I, I, mm-hmm. I, I just think, um, uh, I think even if you lean into it, you got to get the players buying. And I don't think Rick gave two shits about getting anybody to buy into anything. Yeah, you got to have a balance. I think that's that's the overall point here. Everything yeah. just should be balanced. So yeah. Luka needs to balance his scoring versus playmaking. And that will come in time. And again, coaches need to balance all the efficient offense talk with um, players' feelings. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, moving on to, I guess, do you have any general thoughts on overall preseason? I feel like it was preseason. We saw, I guess, the Lakers going 0-6 is a bit, um, I, I don't know if surprising is the word. I, I'll stick with surprising for now. I guess that that's a bit surprising. Um, any thoughts on that? Uh, I think it, it depends on what type of team we're talking about, right? Yeah. So... A veteran team like the Lakers, it doesn't frighten me too much. I still think they're going to have fit issues. Uh, I'll be honest. I don't know if they're the favorite in the West. I I guess they're the favorite, but not like by leaps and bounds. Like, I, I, I think the Lakers being penciled into the finals, even if health works out, is a, is a bit presumptuous, but... I'm not worried about that. To me, whenever I look at teams that look like shit in the preseason, I'm looking at young teams. I'm looking at teams that have to prove something or establish something. And um, like Charlotte, I'm worried about. uh, I I like what I saw from my my team B, my Detroit Pistons. I think they've been feisty. Um, uh, Really, that's the. I'll, I'll be honest. Those are only. I guess things I really, oh, wait. <laughs> okay, so uh, the two teams I've kind of said are going to disappoint. Well, man, I didn't know Jordan Poole was going to turn into some goddamn borderline all-star. Yeah. And uh, dude, the Bulls, I don't know, SJ. I don't know, family. Them boys is happy, and they are playing together. They they still ain't going to play defense. But offensively, they they, they going to be a problem. A problem. Yeah. So those are two things I've kind of, you know, I didn't count on Jordan Poole. And then uh, someone mentioned, a, I think someone posted a stat. Uh, I forget uh, I forget where I saw it, but if you look at the Warriors last year and you remove the James Wiseman experience, yeah, they were pretty goddamn good. Yeah. Like when Steph played and you just remove James Wiseman from the equation, they were cold with that mid-pack of talent that they had around stuff last year. So maybe I need to, you know, hey, y'all y'all know how I am. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I might need to reevaluate my stance on that. Uh, my, I will say my logic around why I was doing it, because too many people were, st- Clay is going to come back, and that's why they're going to be good. On, I don't think Clay's going to be like, if the Warriors are good, Clay's going to be like the icing on the Sunday. He's not going to be the Sunday if that makes any sense. Yeah, I, I get that. Um, oh, yeah, I would, I would say the Warriors look a bit more impressive to me as well in the preseason. They, I think they went undefeated as well. So yeah. they, um, they're they a bit more impressive than I would have thought. But like I said, got to see it in 
in the season and how all the pieces fit. And same with the Lakers. I'm, I kind of expected that they'll um, spend some time trying to, you know, figure it out at least the first half of the season. So I don't, I mean, I don't even remember what I said during the power rankings, but at this point in time, I don't see them being, you know, a number one seed, top three, sure, even top yeah. four, but um, not the number one seed. And I can even go a step farther to say I might like the Suns better <laughs> to come yeah. out the way. Yeah, yeah. I, I might, I might. I can't lie. People think they had a fluke run, you know, last year, and they're they're gonna be surprised. I think. I think people who think that they're they're in for a rude awakening. That's a very good, well balanced and connected team on both ends. Yeah, I I, <clears throat> I think I, I, I just think that the Suns are still going to be there. I, I, for some strange reason, I really believe in Utah. Uh, I, I just don't Bold. think. Yeah, <laughs> like I know, I know that sounds crazy, but I really believe in Utah. I think as much as I packed up Rudy, I think they had a lot of health in the regular season. But they had some injuries in the well, the big injury uh, to Donovan Mitchell in the playoffs. And I think how we felt about them is coming off the playoffs, losing to the Kawhi's Clippers. I think we are throwing them away a little bit too fast. And I, I think I can see a bounce back from them. I don't think the Lakers are good. If you like, if the question is the are the Lakers the favorite, probably. Do I think the Lakers are getting out the West? No. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, good. Well, yeah, that's a fair, fair take. Well, um, moving on to the season, we are a couple days away from the season kicking off. Um, it's the 17th today. The season kicks off the 19th. On Tuesday, I believe it's Warriors, um, Warriors Lakers, and Nets Bucks. So um, those should be good games, um, a lot of star power on both sides. Um, and our Mavs play on Thursday, and we open against the Atlanta Hawks. So um, I'll ask you, what do you think? What do you think you'll see in that game? And do you think we'll win? Uh, I, I don't know. We, we are starting on the road. Um, so that makes me nervous open at night. Uh, usually I feel like if teams are of comparable talent, uh, the home team usually wins in a emotional game like that, but I don't know. I I really, the way we've been beat, I'll be candid. I haven't paid attention to the Atlanta Hawks, not one bit, not one iota in the, uh, preseason you could tell me they won every game you could tell me they lost every game I wouldn't know but I think we I think we still uh uh still won um just because I we've been blowing beating the brakes off of teams I think you know how it takes the NBA like because NBA teams watch film based on what they've seen from a team and I think this whole uh the Dallas Mavericks to get in passing lanes that uh, X or however they they call basically when the uh, man that's guarding the corner guy puts pressure on the guy driving the ball, whatever this defensive strategy that K 
kid or or uh, Igor Ziplamenik. Like whatever that's called, I think it's going to take a minute for the league to to realize what we're doing and how we play now versus how we've played for the last decade. So I think we're going to start. I think we're going to beat Atlanta. I think we're going to start the season on a tear. I think there's going to be uh, we we going to be out of pocket on the timeline. You know what I'm saying? I, I do. I, I know I'm here for it. Uh, I already started last night just to keep it real with you and. I, I think we're going to look start the season off really, 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 really strongly. And I, cause it's going to take a, it's going to take teams a, a, a second to catch up to how we play now versus under Ray Carlisle. Yeah, that's, that's a fair point. Um, in terms of, I have no clue how this game is going to go either because you can look at last year and say, Oh, we swept the Hawks, but we swept um, Lloyd Pierce's Hawks. We right. didn't play them when they were when they were being coached by McMillan and they were pretty much a whole different team um coached by Nate McMillan and so we don't know how they're gonna play you know like Luke I remember um during the games Hawks fans and we don't know how kid is gonna play Trey I remember Hawks fans last year they were upset with Pierce because they were we doubled Trey I think in both games we like pretty much doubled Trey every time he touched the ball and they were mad that Pierce wasn't doing the same with Luca. <laughs> like it was like, why, why don't you double? I think they did it, you know, a couple of possessions, but for the most part, it was like one-on-one coverage um, with Luca. So they were saying, why, why don't you double? You know, Luca. He, at the time, he was like one of the only threats. So I don't know how both these coaches are gonna, you know, play the stars. And it starts with the stars for both teams, you know, especially with the playmaking. Um, Trey, you know, the Hawks have a lot of a lot of talent, but you know, Trey is still the, the engine that makes that team run. Um, same with the Mavs and Luca. We we saw on Friday that you know the reserves can get some things done, but Luca again is the engine. So um I think it will be a great game. I'm hoping for no blowouts. <laughs> um just because even if it's us blowing them out. Um, that doesn't make for a great game, especially the opener. So I hope it's a highly contested game. And I just hope we see the stars shine as well. I know the Hawks still have injuries. That's one thing. I haven't paid attention to them too much in the preseason either. But I saw that Trey, he he wasn't he was hurt, not injured, but he was hurt. I think he his bone bruise. Oof. He was he was still dealing with that. Yeah. So he he said something like it still hurts, but he'll be good, you know, for the season. So he's hurt but not injured. Gosh. I think um a Congo, he's out. He had the surgery, I think, on his shoulder or something. I think Capella's injured. He's either injured or hurt, Capella, but he's you know kind of banged up too. So they're they're pretty banged up. I think we're we're all healthy on our squad. So that's something to watch as well. Um, but I agree with you in the fact that for the first couple of games, I think we should start off strong. Even if we start out 0-1, I think the next couple of games after that, we play um, Toronto. Um, we play teams that we should beat. I can't remember uh, all of them. But we, yeah, it's, we uh, it's Toronto, Houston, the Spurs. Yeah. We got the Nuggets a week from Friday. So... Mm-hmm. And then even after that, I mean, I guess it depends on how you feel about Sacramento, but yeah, dog, we, we need to start the season uh, five and one, four yeah. two at, at, at mm-hmm. worst. 
Yeah, I agree. I, and I think I said that when the schedule first dropped that we should like start five, no less than like five and one with the one being the Hawks. Like we should not, you know, uh, lose more than that. So we, we'll see. Like I said, um, right now, kid, the question marks are starting to disappear, but not for me. I need to see it like everything is all, you know, fine and dandy when we're winning. But what's what's going to happen if we win our first like, I won't say when, but there's a good chance it'll happen. Our first three-game losing streak, what's going to happen then? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how are you going to um, tackle that? How are you going to tackle a, a game where we get the bricks kicked off of us? How are you going to tackle that? So it's like, I need to see the bad, what, what he does in the bad moments first before I remove any sorts of um, question marks from... <sighs> surrounding him and his coaching but like I said he he in the pre like this is preseason I know a few folks have said oh kids you know leaning on the assistants more he's letting them you know do this and do that this is preseason <laughs> you know what I mean like he could be giving them all this control in the preseason but when the real thing starts he wants to you know take over more we don't know so like I guess I just have to see it first before I um remove my skepticism at least yeah I uh I hear you and I, I have <laughs> I have my skepticism as well either especially with those quotes he made but this all could be just a super uh for lack of a better phrase mind fuck to trick Kristaps Porzingis into being engaged the whole season yeah. I think and I even think maybe Luke is in on it now too, based on his social media posts, because oh, like, yeah. old buddy wasn't doing none of that last year. We'll see. Um, I will say, just with who he put on his coaching staff, it, it's like he put, you know, Lucas' old national team coach, a coach that, frankly, if he wasn't on, uh, our bitch as an assistant probably was in the odds for who might be the next head coach. And I think just having the, I guess, security or lack of insecurity to do that tells me, man, maybe buddy actually did change. Right. And, uh, there's a couple, there's a coach Gary St. Jean that he brought over from the Lakers that, is uh one of was one of the defensive coaches and from what i hear yeah. like that that's not a guy that's just gonna sit like jason kidd run over him. he wouldn't have taken a job if that was yeah. what uh if that was his role so uh, you know i'm hearing more and more that yeah kid actually built a pretty good bench and he's actually letting them do do, do their thing and he's I mean, I've heard him say he just plans on being like the coordinator to tie everything together. And if he actually does that, you know, man, this thing might work out. Uh, you know, I, I'm worried long term. What if these other dudes start getting jobs? But let's cross that bridge when we get there after we win this championship, right? Then they start poaching our coaching staff. But for short term, for right now, um, I like it. Whatever, however we feel about Jason Kidd, I, I still have my doubts. Uh, still, Jason Kidd, the human being, still has me with the side eye. But I still will say that I, the, the team has responded to him. And 
I just think it's going to go into the regular season. I think we're going to start hot. Hell, we may stay hot the whole season. Um, Who knows? Uh, I guess we're going to get into that here in a couple minutes. Where do I, I, because this is uh, the last pod before the season starts, where do we think the the Mavs finish? How do, I guess, our season prediction, but yeah, I, I, as I'll get to here in a couple of minutes, I, I feel pretty good about what we're going to be this year. Yeah, I, I'm starting to too. Like at first, I was nervous. Like at first, I was optimistic. Like after preseason, like it's been a roller coaster. <laughs> roller coaster. So now I would say I'm leaning more towards um, optimism. Um, so in terms of where I guess I think they'll finish. I think, okay, bold prediction, if you want a bold prediction. Bold. Um, top, bold. top three. Top three. That's that's the boldest I can go. I, I can't say, like, number one seed or number two seed. I, I can't go that far. But top three, I think it's unlikely, but if I'm talking bold prediction, top three. For the real prediction, I could see us at – five or six I, I know I should probably pick one but it's, it's hard I think five six that that's my um actual prediction just because um there's just so many things you can't account for you know what I mean so it's it's I, I it's just so hard to make because when you're making these lists usually you're not thinking about injury and one injury can really change a whole season you know even if it's not like a huge one but let's say Luca has to sit for like four games what if the difference between like being the four seed in the west this year and the six seed is like a game and a half right, right. you know what I mean yeah. so um it's it, it's hard but and I think the west the first six or no the first eight seeds yeah one to eight I think it's gonna be really competitive because another bold take I had was that Portland would finish um top four and I know people similar to like what you were saying with the jazz how people kind of um kind of throwing them out because of the disappointing um playoff exit and it was very disappointing but you look at Portland they added a bit more depth you know what I mean like with Larry Nancy Jr that's a guy that can help um Tony Snell he's not a you know obviously a star or anything but he, he can knock down some shots Cody Zeller is definitely a better backup at this point than Cantor, <laughs> you know? Right, right. So um, I think, um, I, th- I just think they are a team that will be really good in the regular season if health is finally on their side. Because we know for the past two seasons, they've kind of been on the lower end of the conference because they've been injured. Um, so if, if they finally have a good season where like, their top guys don't go down I think they definitely can be top four because that offense when Powell got added um after the trade deadline I think they were like the best in the league next to like the Nets so granted again they are hard to predict like us because you gotta account for their coaching change as well this that was under um Stotts now they have Chauncey Billups as their coach so we don't know like I haven't watched them much you know in preseason the only game I saw was them getting their asses handed to them by the Suns and this was like full strength <laughs> both yeah. teams are full strength and they just got demolished so um but also again that's the Suns so um 
I am not sure what to take away from their preseason, but they should be a, another interesting team that could just throw a wrench in the entire standings. And a, another one, like I said, the Warriors are a bit more, um, they've, they've surprised me. I've, I've liked what I've seen more from them. That's another team that could be, could be top four. And at this point, I'm not too surprised. So the West, I think the West comes down to, or the standings, I know this is very, a very cliche answer, but I think it will come down to health, similar to last year, who, who's like the healthiest. I think that's how the West is going to shake out. Yeah, I think uh, I agree. Um, I think that that's really all, all these teams, if, we, if we're keeping it real are very, very similar from a talent profile. Um, yeah. Talent in comparison to age profile, like I know the Lakers got who they got, but you know, they don't have those dudes in their prime, right? They don't, Anthony Davis is the only dude really in his prime. So I think just, I think the Mavs, I really think the coaching change short term, because even Jason Kidd, like, when he took over Milwaukee, that was like the, I think the second biggest turnaround in NBA history as far as one season. Like even as mid as his coaching career has been, it's, he's shown short term, we gonna get better. After that, who knows? So uh, I'm hoping it works, obviously it works out differently here, but that's the one thing proven. Like when he shows up, it usually gets better that first season dramatically. So I'm gonna lean on that. Uh, that's probably what, side note. That's probably why he got so arrogant, start feeling himself, trying to start taking over shit. But I think he knows that's not gonna work here. So I think short term we're gonna. I, I, you said third seed. I'll go fourth seed. And I think we're the fourth seed. Like I think we play with the third and second seed all season, but we settle in the fourth. Uh, uh, God bless Christos Porzingis, but. I think it's naive to expect him to play like 70 games. He's he's still 7-3. And that's not even a Kristaps Porzingis injury prone thing. That's just a 7-3 big man thing. So yeah. uh I, I think in the 17 games he, he doesn't play, you know, that'll be a problem. I think Luca is going to be healthy. I don't I think Lucas County stats are gonna take a, a, a step back, but I think it's I think fair. so too, yeah. I think his efficiency is going to shoot up. Uh, I actually think he's going to going to get more assists. Um, I think tall man, sorry, Christoph Porzingis. I think the other guys are going to benefit from that. So I, I think he's going to take a step back from scoring because even the Hornets game where he didn't do shit, he still was diving people up. Oh yeah, he has you know playing, He was leaning on playmaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think whatever Jason Kidd then whispered in these boys' ear, got them ready to catch the ball and go instead of pulling the Stanley and dribbling it off their feet. Like, either they go to the hole and get a good shot or they just shoot shots they're comfortable with. I think we're going to see more of that, but I, I think we're the fourth seed at worst. I, I'm going to stand on that. Ooh, I won't at be worst. Sh- at worst, yeah, I'm standing on that. And I, I won't be shocked if we're the third seed or even the second seed. Let me be very, very, very clear, <laughs> because as much as I'm optimistic, 
as much as I like what Jason Kidd is doing, as much as what I like in, pre- in preseason, and the playoffs is a whole different animal, and our ceiling ain't changed, in my yeah. opinion, <laughs> on the playoffs. It ain't changed one bit. Now, uh, I guess we're going to see. I still think, and it, <laughs> I hate to say this, but watching the way Kidd is playing versus Carlisle, it's like, dude, if we had a second playmaker, this shit would look even better. Like, it, it really would. I know I've heard Mark Cuban, I think he was on uh, the Mavs film room pod, and he said we didn't need uh, a playmaker because of the way Jason Kidd plays. And I'm like, I actually disagree. <laughs> I actually think if you drop even Goran Dragic or just not even like a, uh, an elite secondary playmaker, but just watching the way they play, I, I think that would help even more. But I still feel pretty good about it. Hmm. Um, I guess I guess another um fun exercise kind of question is what team I know you said and me too, I haven't delved too much into preseason, but just from what you've probably seen, um, what team has your like your stock for them lowered? I'll, I'll start Denver. I said Denver could be a top four seed. They looked pretty bad in preseason and I know um Jokic he's gonna come out and dog you know Michael Porter Jr. is primed for like a a kind of a breakout-ish season but I could see them being in the plane I can't lie I can't lie I could see them drop into like seven even six seven I had them previously as like four or five right now I'm feeling more six seven with them yeah I uh I'll be honest, I was ready to jump out the window with Charlotte because I really like what they I, well, no, I really like what they did the offseason. And it's like, dog, y'all stink. Y'all not like y'all stink. Y'all lost in the playing tournament. And it's just that when they lost to us, they got pumped by uh God, who did they play before they played us? They played they played everybody. And, uh, oh, before they played us? Yeah, they played pretty much everybody except for Gordon Hayward. And um, Terry Rozier was like, dog, they pumped us. I know it's a preseason game, but that's a bold statement. God, who did they play? But anyway, whoever they played beat the brakes off of them, too. Just not as bad as us. And it's like, wait, yeah. what, what, what's, what, what are we doing here? You know what I'm saying? Like, like what's going on? <laughs> and that, that kind of disappointed me. Um, yeah. Denver's not looking too hard. The Grizzlies. Sorry to cut you off. It was the Grizzlies. It was the Grizzlies. Yeah, Grizzlies. Yeah. How, how bad did they beat them? It was... Uh, 128 to 98. So, yeah. by like 30. Yeah, they like it, 30, yeah. It, it was... It was bad. And, yeah, I, I just... That, that team really disappointed me because I was thinking, you know, 7C, 8C, maybe. You know, they, they build on some. I like their coach quite a bit. LaMelo takes the next step I think they did everything you would want to do given their situation and it's like actually they paid uh you know paid scary Terry you know usually when dudes get get the get the bag at the at his phase of the career they usually lock in and become more winning players and they just get the they get the that's just not acceptable from a young team for me like I accept that from the Lakers I accept that from older teams that literally can't waste energy winning preseason games, but them young boys supposed to play. 
Our young boys yeah. did. Other teams' young boys did. Even if they lost, they 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 didn't get destroyed. You know, so that scares. Yes, me. I think they have more project players than we thought. I think that's that's the issue. Like even when I was watching them, like they they could not score. And I think it's a theme for their preseason because I'm looking at their like scores. Yeah. A lot of nineties. They they only scored in the hundreds one time. So um, they're gonna they're gonna have issues scoring that ball. Like JT Thor, that was a guy that people thought was a steal. He's not ready. Um, Kai Jones, he's not ready. Um, Luke Knight, it's cool, but he he's gonna be like, he, I mean, I predicted this even before like he played, but he's he's gonna put up double digit scoring numbers, but his efficiency is gonna be in the thirties. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a lot of these guys they're not like ready yet. So they have a young team with projects. So. It's it's gonna be rough for them. I I I think they're on the lower end of the play-in. They yeah. might even not make it. They might be in that lotto heavy concrete yeah. because the the East is no joke. Like we really people need to emphasize that there there are you got the Pistons who I don't think are gonna be as easy as people think. You got the Magic. They stink. Um, they stink, yeah. stink. And then yeah. you got. I guess Toronto, but you know Nick Nurse. The Cavs, the Cavs aren't really that great either. Yeah, they oh they stink. Hey, Evan Mobley actually can guard space based on preseason. Shocking! I know when I heard that, I didn't believe it. The same oh, you side. didn't believe it? I, I I I bought I bought stock. I bought stock. I thought he was the um. I actually liked him more than Cade. <laughs> From, wow. Like not not right away. Here, listen yeah. to nothing before. Not not right now. I think Cade is the better player right now. But I always thought, you know, people talk about Cade being generational on this. Yes, but I always thought that Evan Mobley had the not best chance, but he could be the best like player in the whole draft. Yeah, he. I I like him a lot. That I didn't touch on that, but the little clips I saw of him, I like him. But the Cavs stink. They gotta. They gotta. They got. They gotta. Uh, they gotta resolve that Colin Sexton situation sooner rather than later. Um, yeah. Because I actually think it's starting. It's going to. Uh, I think it's going to start to hurt him because dude, dude wants the bag, and understandably so. So you gotta figure out what you're gonna do with that because he ain't passing. Oh, he, no. he's, throw, he's, throw, he, he's throwing in trouble passes the whole season and when you got a team full of young boys that just ain't gonna work no one's getting developed he's super competitive too so he actually has a justification and be like i'm not passing because y'all stink you you can't do that you can't do that yeah. but i what all that being said evan mobley is good we i was trying to get on a tangent about how the east is deep I was trying to finish the point how the East is deep, and we got on a tangent about the Cavs. But uh, the Pistons, the Cavs, uh, the Magic, those are the only teams that I think are going to full-blown stink in the East. 12 through 1, you'll have to play. You'll have to show up. So I think it's going to be rough. I think it's going to be rough for Charlotte. Uh, So who do you – so what do you think the top of the East would look like at this point in time? I still think Brooklyn, I still think they, no matter what happens, I think they're going to finish at the top of the East. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only team I think can compete with them at the top of the East is the reigning champs. I think 
Man, I think Giannis, I don't even think it's going to be a debate who the best player the NBA is by the time yeah. the season is over. Like, we won't even, like, debate it. It'll just be like, this is Giannis's league. I don't know if they'll win the championship. I don't know if they'll repeat. But, no, it's just his, his like, the jumper's there. Like, it looks good. It's not just that it's going in. It looks different. I can see yeah. with my eyes as a person that watches basketball, like that looks different. That looks like that's going in. And he's shooting it with confidence. And it's just, we don't even need like elite mid-range and free throws. We just, in three-point, we need league average to slightly blow from him. He's the best player in the league, top five player in the history of basketball. Like it's over. Can't cancel whatever else we talking about. Like it's his league until some other dudes team up or whatever so I think Milwaukee's still going to be up there I think it's going to be Milwaukee and the Nets I think they're going to be compete for who gets home court and after that it, it's oof, I don't know because this whole Philly situation yeah, Simmons is talking he's going to talk to the media on Monday or Tuesday this is terse I thought they would have him traded by now I really did. I didn't think they'd go into the season with this. So I don't know. I don't know. It's one of those things until the regular season starts and dude is in a uniform playing basketball. I still don't believe it. I just don't believe he's going to play for them again. I just don't. So we'll see. I'm probably wrong. I I don't know. I don't. This is such a cop out, but. I got Milwaukee and Brooklyn towards the top of the East. And after that, I don't know. I don't know. I got teams I like more than others. I know we did the power rankings, but we just got to see how it plays out. It's such a cop-out answer. It's such poor content, but I don't want to lie to y'all. Yeah, I mean, to me, I, I like this, like that honesty better than, I feel like people sometimes, especially, it was funny because KD, he's stealing my tweets out here. But um, he, he made a tweet earlier this week saying, oh, the season's about to start. You know, I see shitty hoops, you know, takes everywhere. And yeah. it's true. I feel like people are trying to, you know, stir up controversy. They're looking for engagement and clicks. So they kind of, they say things that even themselves, they don't believe just because they want the engagement. To me, that's that's a bit annoying. <laughs> and yeah. it's, it's, a bit, it's, it's a bit obvious too. You can obviously tell when people are doing that. So I prefer if someone says, hey, I don't know, we have to see over trying to force, you know, something for controversy. So that's a very good take. Yeah, (laughs) I, I, anybody, you, I mean, you obviously go because you listen to me for an hour a week, but any new (laughs) listener, but if I'm wrong, I'll say I'm wrong. I I do not dig in on my takes when I'm proven wrong. Um, I thought the Warriors were probably wouldn't make the play-in. Hell, they maybe. well, I thought they'd make the, at worst, be a play-in team, but shit, them boys looking good. I might be wrong on that. Same thing with the Bulls. It is what it is. We're not, no one, no one's that can predict the future of something like basketball. You can have pretty good takes. You can have something you feel strongly about, but I hate when people, even when you're right about something, like, you didn't know. You, just, yeah. you had a you had a it was somebody you liked or a, a team you liked or a take you liked and it worked out like no one you know there's no one 
uh, listening to all the pods and consuming all the content and saying this person had the most correct takes. They win a prize at the end. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. But, uh, yes. well, oh, hey, speaking of, Dennis made the made the Portland Trailblazers. That's <laughs> Jay. That's funny. I was I was gonna make a note and say your your guy made a, a roster. Congrats. He made the roster. <laughs> you told me it was a bold statement when I said I think he's I making the Portland Trailblazers, and he made it. No, he uh, I'm gonna keep it real with you. He had one really good game, uh, another pretty solid game, and the other two were the Dennis Smith Jr. experience that we know and love i'm kind of mm-hmm. uh based on how he finished preseason i was a little surprised that he made it. i'm not gonna lie yeah i mean but blazers to me they've always had a guard depth problem yeah like to me like yeah they didn't like we talk about their defense but they always like i think who's backing up um dame this year is like anthony simons and, yeah I mean, he's, yeah he's cool but Anthony Simons this year, backup point guard, and at that point he's not. I, I see more of a two than a point guard anyway. So it's like, right? They they've always had guard depth issues. So, I mean, the, hey, I don't think he'll play, but there's there's if something comes up, there's minutes to be had for him. I, I actually, I, it's weird because he's still Dennis and he still does Dennis things, but he he is passing the ball a lot better. He's just, yeah. as far from a scoring perspective, he's still Dennis. But I, I do like mm-hmm. what he's doing from a playmaking standpoint. He's not making as many careless turnovers. Just that jumper is still a little broke, bro. It's, yeah. it, it, it comes and it goes, and it goes more than it comes. But I do like the evolution he's made as a passer. He's playing a little better defense, even though Steph put him put him on a poster the other <laughs> night. Yeah. But uh, – I think that's something that has been lost in the Dennis Smith Jr. narrative the last year and a half. Dude has become a decent defender. He's not great, but I think for a player his age, I think he's a decent defender for like-sized players in his position. So I'm happy for for my guy. Well, I'm happy for him as well. Contrary Contrary to popular belief, I am not a Dennis Smith Jr. hater. Um, yeah, I do. Yeah. Yes, you are. You, you <laughs> no, hate that, man. I do not. I, oh, we, I thought we were going to have to cancel the pod because you just you couldn't get over your hate for that, man. I just did not want him on my team <laughs> at this point in time. That, that's just what it was. But no. I'm happy he got a job. I'm happy he got a job. Yeah, and, and, I, and I'm going to go ahead and say it. You know, I love Dennis. Uh, I wouldn't have liked to see Dennis play with Jason Kidd, but Young Frankie Nicotine is out here balling. So yes, he's better so, than him. So. Yeah, let, let's just like based on even though Dennis went off in preseason, Frank locks up. Frank Frank looked like he'd been in the lab this summer. So I'm happy with how it worked out for everybody. Yeah, I agree, Frank. Frank, I I like that Frank Nicotine. But speaking of making the team, we got to talk briefly on the cuts that were made. Yeah. So, um, uh, Tyrell Terry, Tyrell Terry, it, he's officially off our roster. How do you feel about that? Man, uh, it's so, man, I feel like such a hypocrite because I just talked about how no one should get praised for even when they get shit right. 
but I'm definitely about the victory lap about Ty Terry getting him the hell out of here. Look, let me be very, very clear what I'm about to say. His mental health issues is probably why he's not on the team. And, yeah. you know, I, I definitely re- understand and relate to that saying, oh, uh, we should revel in that man's misery as a human being. Um, I, I hope the best for him. I hope he gets his life together. Forget basketball. Just you got to get right, you know. And we're basketball fans, but that's a man. That's a human being on this earth with a family with feelings. And I hope the best for him. Uh, with all that being said, in my opinion, even independent of him being available, when he has played basketball in an NBA setting, I don't think he's an NBA player. Uh, I just don't. Uh, every time he played basketball for an extended period of time, he got hurt because he's 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 not physically mature enough to play. And I I don't I I, I feel bad about it now, but I still think it stands up. Like he was gonna have to take like performance enhancing drugs to get physically capable of playing NBA basketball. Like he's just not he just don't look like an NBA athlete, if that makes any sense. And yeah. he just, I don't think that was going to change mental health issues or not. He's just, some guys can play in this league and some guys aren't. And he can shoot. He can shoot. He has one NBA talent, in my opinion, is, is he can shoot. But to overcome, he was, no matter what he did, the best case scenario, he was going to be an obvious uh negative on the defensive end and he was going to have to be lightweight transcendent offensively to overcome that even as a role player and you know I remember when the trade happened he was the Seth Curry replacement that was kind of that was so unfair and absurd and disrespectful because Seth Curry is literally the best role the best three-point shooting role player in the history of basketball like it's him, Steve Kerr, and then once you account for volume, it's him. Like, history of NBA dudes shooting a lot of threes. Like, asking a second-round draft pick to, hey, go take over that role is just kind of crazy. And I don't think yeah. that's fair to him. And I think it was bullshit that our fan base or even the front, whoever put that out there, that was that was nuts. But he shot like 50% off screens on high volume in college. So, like, I get why people got tricked um, outside of um, other things. Because, you know, when evaluating um, these draft prospects, you're mainly looking at the good. And when you're looking at the bad, it's um, it's not weight the same, usually. So um, a lot of us were looking at his shooting. And that was outweighing all the other red flags, um, such as, you know, his weight and et cetera, which was a concern, which is why people thought he fell to the second round. People thought he was a lottery, you know, talent. But um, besides that, I do agree with what with most of what you're saying, pretty much everything that you're saying with um, why he got cut and why it was the right decision. I feel like after... I think after last week, I know everyone was saying, oh, Trey Burke, Trey Burke could be gone. But I think last week, it kind of reality started to set in where um, he would be the cut because Trey, even though, you know, he has his own issues, he still played well. 
yeah. <laughs> during the, yeah. the he, preseason. He, he looked really good. and He looked okay, yeah. And he said something that also got me thinking, like, dog, they really hated Ray Carlisle. He said, man, I'm just playing. I'm not overthinking. And it's like, you know Rick was quick with the hook, fam. Yeah. So. So, yeah, so he, he played for his spot. And Tyrell did not. And, yeah. you know, the, I'm not going to speculate on why he he wasn't playing because obviously I don't know the kid. I don't know um, why and all that, but availability is still one of the most important skills for an NBA player. And he just wasn't around the team as much. And another thing too, that was a bit confusing to me when he got cut, I think everyone within the fan base, I understood that that was the right decision, but all these outsiders that I've never seen talk about Tyrell Terry the entire all of for the entirety of last season. They were saying that we made a mistake, how we didn't develop him, and um, the Mavs shouldn't have done that. All that, and I'm like, did y'all watch? Like, I, I mean, I I hate that question because it's a bit condescending, but like, it's it's true sometimes. Like, if you have an issue, if you are saying that we made a mistake cutting Tyrell Terry you weren't watching the match last year and to the point of us not developing him that is true to a certain extent did um last year we have the best track record of giving the rookies playing time no but at the same time he got to play like last preseason he looked horrible I remember we all had um high hopes for him but he looked bad last preseason I remember thinking yeah he's not ready for NBA minutes <laughs> that was the big takeaway you saw that he's not ready for NBA minutes and then during the season it was very scarce but he did get some minutes during COVID gate and I remember uh, vividly I forgot who we're playing at this point but in a game I remember Rick before this was before garbage time Rick put him in in the first half and he looked horrible <laughs> just horrible and in the G League, he had good stats, but he wasn't eye-popping in the G League either. So I'm like, with all that being said, his body is a real problem. Like you mentioned, he physically cannot play NBA basketball. And his one like skill that you can lean on is his shooting, but he's not an elite shooter where you can justify giving him minutes despite him not being able to guard anything. <laughs> you know on the court he, he was a good shooter he was good even in the g league he was good yeah. but elite uh, we're talking elite we're talking you're eclipsing the 40 percent mark on good volume he did not do that so he was a good shooter but not elite so you yeah. can't justify giving him any sort of minutes he's not better than anyone on the roster outside of like the two-way guys but like is he better even than then, either one of them? Dude? I was about to say, well, yeah, I was even about then, to say, I, like, I still like, I like UG better. I won't say anything yeah. about um, McLaughlin, Jacory, but at least he's bigger. Like, he's bigger. He's a, what, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, uh, yeah. I don't know. But he's bigger. So it's like, um, he's, he wasn't better than Trey Burke. And I know a lot of us wanted to see him cut for Trey Burke. But if we're talking about talent and wanting to have the best talent on the roster he wasn't better than anyone who like made the team my only thing with the whole thing is that I just wish we could have included him in a trade package because he's still a piece that I don't think he's valuable like he's highly valuable or anything but maybe he could have sweetened the pot for like a a deal 
So that would have been nice, especially since we used the 31st pick on him, which is a pretty valuable pick. That's damn near a first round pick. So um, that's, that's, that's my only thing. I just wish we had a chance to trade him rather than cut him. Yeah, he, I, I agree. I, I just, going back to that draft night, I just wish they would have packaged 1831 yeah. for a rotation player. I refuse to believe you could, because I think we still had Courtney Lee, right? We yeah. Had Courtney Lee's contract with the Bucks. You could have packaged that with those two picks. You could have got a player. You could have got a real NBA player. You probably, you probably could have got a player that was like the fourth or fifth best player on the team and was like a legit NBA player. And I, you know, I, I differ. A lot of people disagree, but to me, where the Mavs are at, you need to. The odds are against you taking a non-lottery pick and turning it into even a rotation player on a team trying to win a championship. The odds are in your favor. So. I gotta see how the new. Sorry to cut you off, but I gotta see how the new regime. Um, if the, if we don't, I th- I don't think we can anyway. But if we keep our pick for this year, yeah. I want to see how they draft. Yeah, I, and I agree. I, but the but the point I'm making is the yeah. old dudes were in place, and we knew how that was going to turn out. So mm-hmm. it was absurd to draft three rookies on a Ray Carlisle team that was supposed to win. That was absurd in the moment. It was absurd leading up to it. It was absurd. All It was always absurd, in my opinion. And I actually think Josh Green still has a, a chance, but I still would, in retrospect, like, I, I'll stand on it. If if you – I would have traded Josh Green and Todd Terry for Goran Dragic, like, in matching salary. I would have. I still would do it if that was an opportunity to do it tonight. I, I drive everybody okay, to the goddamn airport. I will stand right. on that. Okay, I, I, I'm still on. I I would agree, but only Josh Green. I, but Drogic, I'd hold on to him. Not saying I wouldn't trade him, but not for Drogic. Like, in my head, I have a trade working out where we get Jeremy Grant some, somehow during the season. Don't ask me how, but, but Josh Green is in that trade. Right. Hey, Loki, dog, it's, uh, it's this really big Pistons fan account that follows me. And, you know, I love the Pistons, but yeah. I basically explain, like, hey, man, I don't think Jeremy Grant, like, Jeremy Grant only has two years left on his deal. It actually makes some sense to trade him right now because the Pistons yeah. aren't going to be good anytime soon. I mean, he was so disgusted. I felt so bad because he's literally, <laughs> a, he's a kid. He's like 16, 17 years old. I was like, oh, I've offended him. But anyway, it, uh, I really, I, I just, I just think Josh Green is a West one no starter kid with better passing and, um, I think that's going to be his lane in the league. Uh, he did look better. You know, he does. He has something that I can't quantify when it comes to, like, passing. Like, it's so – they're so weird. A big wing that can't really score or shoot or finish but is a good passer. It's like, that's it's just – that's so weird. Like, that's such a weird skill set. I think it's it has to do with feel because yeah. if we're talking like in half court, we haven't seen much of his um like half court playmaking. Part of the reason why is because his handle isn't all that great. Yeah. But in in transition, 
Oh boy. His feel, yeah, his feel yeah. is real good, real yeah. good. Yeah, he he's such a unit. His skill set is so because he's a good athlete. He can't really finish though unless he's dunking on somebody, and he can't dribble not that well, but he can dribble a little bit. But Lord knows he can't shoot. But then that little pirouette fade away, like that should be going in, right? Sometimes. Yeah, yeah, like that should be going in sometimes. Like I don't scream at the TV when he shoots it, right? So he's just weird. I could be wrong on Josh. I still would trade him just because I think the odds are in his favor that he's ever something elite, but or even a solid rotation player in the NBA. With all that being said, yeah, I can't wrap my brain around what he is as an NBA player. I, I actually probably need to stop speaking on him because it just <laughs> I, I you know I'm old. I just can't compare he has no comparison. I can't compare him to anybody. I really can't. It's weird. Yeah. I, I just think he he's a type and it's it's it got validated last season. I think it got validated this pre preseason as well. He has to play. He looks like yeah. a player, like he's not gonna develop like he's not a guy that can just go through you know garbage time minutes and practice and that's how he gets better or even off-season work he has to actually play in real games because yeah. start a preseason he looked rough and as it went on he got better same during the season he looked rough to start as he got a bit more minutes he looked better so he looks like he's just gonna have to play to get better which yeah. is why it might be in his own best interest to go to a team that has the minutes for him where he could just play because that looks like the only path to him being yeah. like a legit good player. Yeah, and, and I'll say as much as I'm quote-unquote shitting on him or dumping on him, like I see a pathway, like t- to me, Ty Terry, it became pretty obvious, like right away, that, that dude, unless something changes physically for him, he's just not, he's just not an NBA player. Um, yeah. He just isn't. Josh Green... I think as an NBA player, like Josh Green, I see a path to Josh Green being good, right? So if someone says, Dwight, you're crazy, you sh- you shouldn't want to trade him for Dragic. Oh, I understand. Because I can see Josh Green being a very, very, very good player. I actually see it. I just don't think it's likely. And I think it's, like you said, he's a project. He, he needs to be on a bad team, getting up and mm-hmm. down the floor with some other athletes, the he needs to be on one of he needs to be on the magic running point guard for 15 minutes tonight just to see what happens you know like weird shit like that just to just to get him some reps in all situations and it's gonna be so hard here because we're trying to win but i say that i can see him coming off the bench and being like the 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 spark defensively and getting out and running because I think Jason Kidd's teams are going to run. So I don't know, man. I don't know. It, it, I'm, I'm not as down on him. I, I, I think I gave him the he stinks label a few episodes ago. He still stinks, but he's not. There's, there's no hope. I won't say there's no hope for him. I, I, I think he'll be in the NBA. He'll play eight, nine years. What's one do I think is over year five or six? So Josh Green will be in the league. He, I, I, I really, I won't, and I also won't be shot if he's a solid player for the Dallas Mavericks this year. I really won't. Yeah, I just don't know where his minutes come from, if I'm being honest. <laughs> like, 
I was thinking about the rotation. Like, I think at this point you would prefer playing Sterling Brown over him. Reggie Bullock is now coming off the bench, so he's going to play. Brunson's going to play. Um, Maxie's going to play. And Willie Colley Stein's going to play. So it's like, I really don't see where his minutes are going to come from if it's not garbage time minutes. Like, but I do want to see him, like, put him in, like, a consistent role. Like, if you're going to make him close out, like, quarters or something like that like that's that's um like I want to see him get like a consistent 10 minutes a game as opposed to like where his minutes are so erratic yeah I uh my man is pretty good uh Sterling Brown like he's a he's legit bro <laughs> mm-hmm. like he's a solid NBA player and I just he's not great but I just don't know how like is Josh better than him like no, you know what I'm saying? Like, 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 that's what I'm saying. It's just like, how? Ugh, I just don't see how Josh is gonna get minutes. To be honest, I don't even know if Josh plays in the preseason as much as he did if Reggie Bullock doesn't have a family emergency, exactly. So, that's that's why I'm like, like, I, he's I guess he's a good, you know, break in case of emergency kind of player, like, because injuries are still a thing, so I'm sure he's gonna see significant run if someone off the bench you know has to sit or even someone in the starting lineup has to sit someone off the bench has to slide in the starting lineup so he'll play but it's just that right now with everyone healthy I don't see a spot for him yeah and just like just looking at his contract right he's cheap the next two years within that fifth year option like is he worth 6.7 million dollars do you do you do you think I, 6.7 keep in mind sterling brown makes like three i like okay so this season will be telling i think um if he shows flashes because again like with these prospects um i think flashes are enough you yeah. know to get your options picked up if you're not showing anything, then it's like you, you can go, but flashes are enough. So if he continues to show flashes, I think I think they'll pick it up. If if he just does not show anything, yeah, I, I think it it'll be you, you'll be better off like just or I still think the best option regardless, not even letting him walk. He can be in a trade package. You know, he's young yeah. enough to me. The age is the, the big factor here. He's still young enough to where even if he doesn't even show that many flashes, you could come a, another team, especially a rebuilding one, could yeah. say, hey, here's a young guy that we can turn into something because he has yeah. physical tools, you know. He's big There's as hell, man. stuff there. Yeah, yeah he's like 6'6". Six, six, six. I think he's like 6'6". Six, six. Well, he he's – I think he's listed 6'5". He, he, yeah. Like, and he could defend. Like, like, yeah, like he, he, you know, how, he's built like Drew Holiday. Like he, he's legit. He, I, like I said, man, I need to quit speaking on him because, like, I see his path. He just confuses me so much because the stuff he should be good at, he's not good at, and then the stuff that doesn't make sense that he's good at, he's really good at. Like he has such an eye for passing. And just moving the ball. It's so weird. I, I can't, for a dude that can't dribble or break down a defense, like he, uh, it's weird how good of a passer he is. It's, it's crazy. Crazy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's all I had for today. Yeah. So, guys, I guess we'll wrap it up. Um, 
me think. Do I have anything else I want to get off? No, that's it. Um, thank you all for listening to another episode. Uh, once again, uh, appreciate everyone, y'all, for rocking in with us. I'm a little under the weather this week, so I apologize if y'all hear me sniffling on the uh, on the audio. But uh, once again, I'm Dwight at 517-2214. Joined again with Young SJ at SJ Basketball 8. Uh, we appreciate y'all for listening. And uh, we will be back again. We doing this again next Sunday or Friday? Probably Friday. Okay, cool. <laughs> you know my schedule's open now. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so we'll see y'all again next Friday. And we thank y'all for listening. Y'all have a good one. Peace.